Email gate is a big nothing burger. I can name 20 worst Clinton scandals off the top of my head, and I just might. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, sometimes at my regular time, 3 to 6. Today I'm on from 2 to 4. Next week I'm on from 2 to 4 to make room for basketball. And uh, because I only have two hours, I kind of want to hit the ground running with calls because I want to talk about the real Clinton scandals. Anyone who's been around long enough to remember, there used to be scandals that were shocking and spoke to real criminal activity, not uh, what are the what's the protocol for how to send and receive emails. Like that's just not that big a scandal to me. So I want to hear what you have to say, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But let me tell you what, so EmailGate, that's what it is. Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, had a private server in her home, and that's where she sent and received these emails. And the question that she's being investigated over is, was there any classified information? On those emails. So all week long, there have been, it's been in the news every single day that they think they found emails that had something to do with, quote, special access programs. And if you don't know what that is, let us tell you that is just bad. It's super bad because it's super ultra top secret. And it's terrible that if she did that, that's just the worst. For me, if you have to explain to me what you're talking about and why it's so bad, it's it's bad because it's breaking the rules. And I understand why it's bad to leak top secret information. I mean, David Petraeus may lose a star over that. He was convicted of it from uh, telling his biographer some secret information. I get why it can cost lives and and that kind of thing. But the question around this email stuff is is not about whether she did it to cover up a real crime where she had intent to do something wrong, to get uh, to sell favors or abuse her power. They're not even talking about that stuff. And what the impact is of when it starts sounding too technical, a little nitpicky, is that it gets the sympathy going of from the kind of disgruntled Democrats, from the people who are uh, lukewarm on Hillary. And I know this because I have personally experienced something like that. I remember when George W. Bush was in office. So I've, I've always been a libertarian. The Bushes are not my guys. Now, I register as a Republican so I can vote for Ron Paul in the primaries, but and I understand why he's a Republican. I don't uh, I prefer the Republicans, but he wasn't my guy. However, I always gave him the benefit of the doubt and even just in my mind, like just knee jerk defended him because the PR, the propaganda in the media was so biased, was so shrill and irrational against him that it just made me sympathize with him. And, and I lived in Southern California at that time, and there was a play near my house in North Hollywood. The name of the play was I Hate Bush. 
I mean, it's just so stupid. And the bumper stickers, many people I saw with bumper stickers, F Bush, like F and then an at sign and, you know, hashtag whatever, F Bush. And it was just stupid. And it made me really sympathize with him because he was seemed unfairly under fire all the time. And I know that's the game these people are playing because I heard Bill Clinton say the other day, uh, it was a clip I heard, I think it might have been from a Thursday night stump speech he gave for Hillary in Vegas. I couldn't find the clip, so I don't know exactly the reference, but he said he was trying to get the crowd sympathetic towards her, and he said that she proved she was tough enough to be president because she took 11 hours of interrogation in her seventh Benghazi hearing. So she was tough enough because she could take it. And and he did get the sympathy of the crowd, I'm sure, because they think of her as being persecuted and uh, they feel bad for her. But for me, when I'm listening to him, because I, I think of him as a criminal, basically, it made me harken back to my roots in New York, kind of being able to see from the periphery kind of mobsters and stuff, really. I mean, there's a, a really huge subculture in New York like that. And it just made me think that, like, that's what a mob boss might say. Like, hey, man, that girl is uh, is a solid citizen. She could take 11 hours of questioning. She was on trial seven times and she never cracked. She never got convicted and she never cracked. It's like as if that's, you know, makes her tough enough to be president that she could withstand seven congressional investigations, which is probably how Bill Clinton thinks about what it means to be tough enough to be president. So it is working. It it works on the left because it makes her feel sympathetic. It doesn't work on the right, but the people on the right already think ill of her. So it doesn't do any, it doesn't help at all to do that, but it, it doesn't hurt her real prospects of getting ahead in this race. And what I actually think it might, it might help her prospects not hurt them for a couple of other reasons, not just getting the lukewarm Democrats sympathetic to her, but uh, it, it also, uh, just like the email gate and the Benghazi thing, always talk about these issues as if it's a lack of judgment, maybe she wasn't forthcoming, It just seems to be a little, you know, is she good enough kind of thing? And they never touch on on scandals that could go to real criminal intent. So with Benghazi, the question I want answered is not did she ignore his request for additional security? It's was Chris Stevens intentionally left to die? Was he even set up? There is a crazy detail about this story that I have never been satisfied with in any of the investigations. There were witnesses who saw the or reported that, supposedly, that the security he did have abandoned their post before the trouble started. And that's something you want to investigate. Like, who gave that order? What what is behind that? And nobody on the left or the right is focusing on that stuff. They take the scandal, so-called, that are just about her not being good enough, not about her (laughs) really possibly being criminal. It also, in a funny way, makes me, uh, it, it, it could come as close as you could get to proving a negative, to proving that she is not corrupt. Because 
when you look at this email gate thing, you think you're looking behind the curtain. You think you're seeing her inner thoughts, her private communications, her real motives. That's what you think you're seeing. And when you don't see real criminal stuff, like what I would expect to see if I had the insight into her real thoughts would be something like uh, an email that might say this. I don't care if Gaddafi wants to abdicate. Carpet bomb Libya anyway. Make sure I get a piece of the rebuilding contracts. Tell Halliburton I want $100 million speeches over the next 10 years. You know, that's the kind of inner uh, political shadow government stuff that that would be the smoking gun. And I even heard somebody on Fox the other night say, I can't wait to see the smoking gun that comes out of email gate. And I'm thinking, you're never getting that smoking gun. You can see from the face of it, they're not really going to come up with something that has that kind of, you know, Rod Blagojevich, uh, a horse trading politics that that goes on. But it's not coming out of these emails. And if it hasn't come out yet, I just don't, I do not expect at all to have that smoking gun. And when it doesn't come out, that guy will have to eat his words, or at least the people will be like, well, there was nothing there. You know, maybe she really is just not great at it, but not that bad. But the reality is with the Clintons, they have plenty of scandals that aren't about, you know, was this good judgment? Did she Was she totally forthcoming? There were real scandals that were coming out last year that I thought would get some press, and they've gotten very little. Uh, one was this Jeffrey Epstein thing, this uh, convicted pedophile who got a sweetheart deal at the hands of his lawyer, Ken Starr, the Clinton special prosecutor. I mean, I, you really cannot make this stuff up. This guy, Jeffrey Epstein, last year was named in a suit along with Prince Andrew of having uh, underage sex slaves. And in the suit, Bill Clinton was listed as being there at like Orgy Island or on the Lolita Express. And there is evidence. I saw a copy of the flight record that has name on it. So, you know, you've probably not heard anything about that. The other uh, big thing I saw on CNN was that Bill had made $106 million dollars in speeches, making speeches during the time that Hillary was in the Senate or Secretary of State. $106 million. I mean, how does that even make sense? What is that for? Is it for saying stuff that's in the interest of the people who are sponsoring the speeches? I mean, surely there aren't $100 million worth of economic value in these in these speeches. Maybe there is, but that's something that bears investigating. Like really, like on its face, it smacks of uh, possible conflicts of interest. And I think that bears investigating. So I feel like with the email gate, we're being uh, diverted deliberately. And that in the end, this is not only not going to hurt her, but it's going to get the left and, and the middle more sympathetic to her because it's being portrayed on both sides as having the earmarks of a witch hunt. And there's more. I want to talk about uh, Linda Tripp, who was the whistleblower in the Monica Lewinsky scandal way back when, came out this week with 
a pretty shocking comment. I want to talk about that and dig into some of the old stuff that has not been resolved to my satisfaction. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're talking about email gate, which I think is a nothing burger. I think there's plenty of other things to worry about as far as Hillary is concerned. I'm taking calls 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Deborah in Lilburn. Hi, Deborah. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I don't have a lot. I, I, I have a lot of things to say, but I know you don't have a lot of time. I you got a couple minutes. Say- Come on. Well, I just, I, first of all, like I told your, your screener, I'm a Democrat. I will be until I die. And just, and I, and I love your show. And I love, you know, you're, you're upfront, you're honest, you're not real critical, and you're fair. I'm so I, glad I, you said that. I got to say, because when I did the Hillary thing, just, you know, in the last segment, I thought if a first time Democrat is listening, they're going to think that I just am a, a basher and a hardcore Republican. No, no. I'm a total libertarian. I do not think the Republicans are going to save this country anytime soon. <laughs> Here, here's the thing that gets me the most about the, the fabulous Clinton. I, I am a 50-plus-year-old uh, mom. My children are in their uh, late late 20s. My daughter particularly asks me questions about this. What's, what's going on with this whole Hillary thing? And I try to give her a, a, a candid viewpoint on it. She's an adult. I don't have to try to mince words with it. But I say this is the thing that... You will not catch me holding up a Hillary sign. You will not catch me voting for her. I'm just sorry. I don't believe in her. I think she's a fraud. I think he was a fraud. I, when you have to sit and try to explain to young, young people who you try to, you're trying to set good examples for them, when you have to try to sit and explain and try to cover up the fact that a person who was the president of the United States of America would carry on like he did with women in and out of the White House, and then for for the person that Barack Obama is that I absolutely have the utmost respect for, I don't care about his policies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's to each his own. But as far as being an honorable man, an honorable husband, and, a, and an honorable father to his two daughters, the Clintons can't hold a candle to them. Well, I will and, tell you, I do, I'll give you one more second, then I do have to go to a break. Go ahead. So I I do, I mean, <laughs> the personal scandals that surround the Clinton, I think that the Democrats should view them as a, a betrayal and not rally around her just because she's a Democrat. But I feel that way about the Republicans, too, in spades. I mean, they pay lip service to stuff and they don't live it or follow through. And it's important for you to open your own your eyes about what's going on. On your side, uh, I, I'm going to get to more calls after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Barry's got some thoughts on email gate. I think I agree with, but I want to hear it from him. After the break, you can uh, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian on WSB Saturday afternoons, usually 3 to 6. Today, 2 to 4. Next week, 2 to 4. And this Thursday night after the GOP debate, I will have a post-debate show right here on WSB. Just like last time, you can check out my podcast on MonicaPerezShow.com. Boy, 
were people excited? I, uh, it was, we had some uh, very heated back and forth. So it promises to be an exciting show this Thursday after the debate on WSB. Uh, we're talking right now about the Hillary email gate, which I think is not that big a deal, especially in light of the real scandals that plagued her past when Bill Clinton was in office. I think a lot of people are simply too young to remember all this stuff. And I had to refresh my memory. I was not politically engaged really at that time. And uh, this week there was a reminder because Linda Tripp came out and said she thinks now Linda Tripp was the one who had a uh, personal relationship with Monica Lewinsky, the intern who had a sexual relationship with Bill Clinton. And this led to bill's impeachment for lying on the stand in a sexual harassment case all this kind of stuff trip was a central figure in that she came out this week saying she thought monica that she saved monica lewinsky's life by bringing this stuff out in the open before before the either of them linda or monica could meet with an accident i mean that sounds like a crazy thing to say but uh, she had said way back in the 90s that a list appeared on her workstation called the body count and it was all these mysterious deaths, suicides, accidents, just dozens of them of people who had been involved in uh, in some of these nefarious activities the Clintons are accused of. So at the time, she said she got that list to Ken Starr, who was the special investigator. And nothing came of it. And I always kind of took it with a grain of salt, although it's pretty amazing how many our people are on that list. And then last week, uh, or yesterday, I noticed that Ken Starr, the special prosecutor of Clinton back in the day, uh, who did not succeed in, in getting anything to stick on the Clintons, was the lawyer for this Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted pedophile with whom Clinton had a relationship, was on the plane, the Lolita Express, all this kind of stuff. I just, these, this... Onion has a lot of layers to peel, and I'd really like to peel that instead of worrying so much about email gate, which it can easily be argued seems like splitting hairs, but I don't think it's uh, just a witch hunt. I think it's more like a psychological operation. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Barry and coming. Barry, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Okay, I, I, I am old enough to remember all the Clinton scandals and lived through it and, uh, you know, dealt with the news every, every single day. The problem back then was, you're right, is that there, there didn't seem to be enough documentation that stuck around or that they could find. Um, and that's not just documentation, that's witnesses as well. Yes. So I can yes. relate to what you were talking about just a they moment said- ago. Yeah, people did not would not come forward. And then if you look at the body counts, if there's any truth to that, you can imagine why people would not want to well, come forward. Everybody from James McDougal to Vince Foster to to um, the Commerce uh, Secretary Ron Brown, uh, yeah. they, all, they all suddenly would, would, would disappear. Anyway, moving moving back to the email gate issue, uh, and that's where this, this issue stands out is because one of the first times even even documentation that supposedly had been wiped or disappeared they're they're able to uh, recover where they are recovering to some degree and it's coming out now as I'm, i know you've heard that special access program yes. data is included in here and um from what i understand um being a government executive uh you are not excluded from culpability if if uh, a document of that nature 
or even top secret, which has a lower classification, um, is not marked as such or designated as, as, as such. That does not um, that does not excuse Hillary from uh, from no. from the actual the actual violation. This is a this is a this is a much much greater, also from what I understand, violation than what uh, General Petraeus had uh, perpetrated. But and, he actually uh, gave the information to other people who, uh, you know, that was more like a leak. Right, where she well, supposedly Hillary didn't intentionally leak it to anybody, whereas Petraeus intentionally. Well, well whether it. or not she, whether or not she leaked it intentionally, and this is the right, whole okay. point of the designations, is that there are already officials, former former uh, former intelligence officials, who are coming out and saying that uh, by all by all accounts, it's, it's it's most probable that Iran, Russia, and um, and others, China, have already have already accessed the, the service she had in her mom and pop basement. But wouldn't you rather them spend this effort looking into how Bill Clinton got $106 million in speeches while she was Secretary of State or Senator? I mean, that no, seems me, like real... What? To me, that's, re- that's irrelevant. That, that's, that's small potatoes. But not um, if they're actually selling influence and power, whereas this, the, the harm done is theoretical, where in, in that case, you might be able to find the fire behind the smoke since the money is there. Well, if they're going to do, if they're going to follow the money, then then the the investigation into the Clinton Foundation has to be expanded. That's, that's what I want to see. Well, that's what I'd like to see as well. And it's it's you know it's very it's very disturbing that these things are not followed up on, um, as well as the uh, as well as uh, the business of the uranium sale through the Canadian company. Um, which you know, which gave which gave uh, basically gave the rights to uranium deposits a certain percentage of the United States and Russia. See, here's here's the thing with the email gate. If it gets so complicated that I have to understand, uh, you know, we have to explain, talk about all the potential harm done, all that kind of stuff. It is not the kind of thing that is going to awaken the voters to the real dangers here. And that's why I would like to see the investigations of the Clinton Foundation expanded, because that fits the pattern that they have always seemed to uh, abide by, which is using power, their position for personal gain. It's so petty. It took me forever to realize that that's probably really what's going on. You look at the Bushes and you see as early as Prescott Bush uh, wheeling and dealing in world politics and uh, having some strange bedfellows with fascist ties, stuff like that. And you see that family uh, even before that, having connections to uh, past presidents and stuff, that's like a, a, a deep, you know, a big picture, uh, power elite, long term plan. I always think these guys are in something like that. But with the Clintons, it seems so just purely mercenary, purely about money and gain and power. And I, I really think that there would be a trail there. However, she might have dirt on people that keep them from coming forward. Specifically, one of the old scandals I looked up was this thing called Filegate, where in her first year as first lady, she she got hundreds of FBI files on government employees, which was pretty, uh, the implication was pretty obvious that she was going to use that for political purposes. 
that she used those kind of tactics against the women who came out to accuse Bill. And I'm thinking if she did that in her first year as first lady, what kind of dirt was she accumulating as secretary of state? I mean, she could be untouchable for that reason alone. So that's the kind of stuff I want to hear about. I'm going to John in Sunset Beach. John, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, good show. Thank you. Well, I just wanted to say, I listen to a lot of liberal talk radio, and you cannot get the liberals to talk about the truth about Hillary Clinton at all. Let me give you an example. This one show called uh, The Empire Files with Abby Martin, and she talked to Ralph Nader and Noam Chomsky about how the war and... Libya and Syria got started in ISIS, and Ralph Nader and Noam Chomsky were just lying through their teeth, lying their butts off. But not only did they do that, she had to ingratiate herself with the left by making up this story that Rand Paul had to get her fired from RT. Yes, I was going to tell, I was going to say, John. I completely dismissed Abby Martin, who I used to wonder. She was the one who made a big stink about stepping down from a Russian, was it Russia Today, from a Russian news agency? Wasn't that her? She, RT, that was the thing. Yeah. She made a big RT. deal. She, yeah, she was, she was saying Russian uh, press was propaganda. She was stepping down in protest or whatever, something like that. And I was like, all right, maybe she's legit. I don't know what her story was. She came up with a cock and bull story about Rand Paul trying to get her fired that did not pass the laugh test. And so I can't believe that her show has legs. But uh, anyway, keep no, talking. No, no, no. The <laughs> Rand Paul story was completely phony. I tried to track down all the facts. It just, she was just trying to grab some spotlight for herself. Not only that, but Noam Chomsky and Ralph Nader's interviews about Libya and Syria and Clinton's role and Obama's role in starting those wars was completely false. I mean, they were that's lying what you hear. through their teeth. They were lying yes. through their teeth, and Chomsky's supposed to be this great intellectual. I know. And then, then he had to retract the story, Chomsky did, and say, oh, well, uh, I guess America did have some role in starting those, fomenting those regime changes. Oh, sorry. Um, and we're supposed to be worshiping Chomsky on the left like he's some God yeah, you're so that's why something, you know, ha- it's, it's ridiculous. That's how they get to guys. That's why they get to guys specifically like that. I didn't know about Nader, but Chomsky, that he was somebody who had trust, who had faith of the left, that he was somebody who spoke truth to power. And those are the most powerful when they come out and give you a false narrative that that is so persuasive because they have all this credibility and I agree with you that the, that you have to really watch it. There's very few people, very few people who I actually trust as giving you the truth. There's a reason for that, though, too, Monica. It's because Chomsky and Nader are connected to the foundations, the Ford Foundation uh. and the NGOs, and they're the same State Department that are funding these media. They're the same State Department that fund the Syrian National Council and these regime change organizations they convince in these astroturf media projects to convince the American people that the Arab Spring is spontaneous uprisings, but they are anything but. They are obviously Pentagon-fueled CIA, President Obama and Hillary Clinton-fueled regime changes. 
And so their job is is to hire people like Nader and Chomsky through the Ford Foundation and give them these big grants like Noam Chomsky got a $350,000 grant from the Kyoto Foundation, the Kyoto Prize. Three hundred and fifty grand. Okay. Well, John, big you are big, big money to go out and lie about who's starting what, whose wars for the Democratic Party. Okay. It's... Well, that, John, you're giving an awful lot of information. I can't track down. I don't have those facts at my fingertips, but a lot of the other stuff about the interconnection of these foundations and stuff is I that's my understanding completely. And and new information you're giving me, I'd have to follow up on. But it makes sense. It's not for nothing. Four zero four eight seven two. 750 1-800-WSB Talk. Tony, after the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Make yourself some hot chocolate and turn up the heat. The high today is a near freezing 35. It is 29 degrees outside the studio right now. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm going to take a quick call. Tony, in Atlanta, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, I have a friend, Steve. He's always telling me, listen to your show. I've been listening for about three weeks now. I see what he's been raving about. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Tony. We're all kind of like you. We're libertarians. You're a pure libertarian. Pure. We're, we're libertarian, but we have a conservative, traditional, conservative string to ours. But you're a pure libertarian. But I want to say, in light of what you're discussing today, probably one of the best sources for all of that that kind of ties all these topics together is a book by Roger Stone called uh, The Clinton's War on Women that came out a few months ago. He's a longtime Republican activist and uh, operator who switched to the Libertarian Party, kind of dabbles in both parties. To make a long story short, he was a key advisor to Trump. He resigned for whatever reason, but he's still a Trump supporter and friend. But he talks a lot about the Clinton scandals, the money, the different women. So it's something that your um, listeners, if they haven't, should definitely check out. Yeah, I did see a little mention of Roger Stone recently on Alex Jones' show saying that they might steal the election from Trump. And I saw a parallel article on a different site saying they might steal the election from Bernie Sanders. I'm going to talk about that on the post-debate show Thursday night, but more on email gate after this. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.